0: testimony of Dimitri Dudeman. He says, I was born in a Christian family. My father was a pastor of a Pentecostal church. At 17, I ran away from home, went to marine school, stayed there about four and a half years, became a marine officer. They gave me 80 new recruits and put me on the Black Sea. The communist government told me to search the ships coming in from foreign countries, and if I found any Bibles, I was to confiscate them and arrest the missionaries. They said, Dimitri, if you do this, We'll advance you quickly. Whoa, well, when I heard I could be a big man I started searching the ship faithfully. One morning a ship from Holland came in and I took eight men with me. In checking the ship under crate of cookies I found a large quantity of Bibles. I went to the captain and said, Whose Bibles are these? He said, I don't know. I told him I said, Don't worry, you will know. Then I saw a man crying and praying to God. It was a missionary from Holland by the name of Dave. He worked with open doors. I went to him and asked him for his passport. I said, Are these your Bibles? And he said, No. I said, Who do they belong to then? He said, They belong to your brothers and sisters. When he said that was like putting a knife in my heart. Then I heard a voice in my ear saying, What are you doing, Dimitri? I put you here. Don't confiscate those Bibles. Don't you know your dad is a pastor? Your brother's a Christian? I looked around to see who was talking to me and there was no one. I started shaking. I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was embarrassed. I went into another room but I started shaking even more violently. I put fingers on my ears so I wouldn't hear the voice anymore, but it got even louder. Go give him his passport or I'll punish you, the voice said. So I went to the missionary shaking, and I told him, here's your passport. Your God answered your prayers. He spoke to my ear and told me to give you your passport back, and I'll even send some men to protect you from the police. As I gave him his passport back, the voice stopped, and I felt a peace in my heart. Then I realized that that was the voice of God. Then I said, every man has an angel, and, and the angel of God is near you. I stayed on the Black Sea for two years. Any missionaries came through, they came through without fear. I was put there by God, and I helped them. But going through the churches, I saw there was no Bibles, 600, 800 members, but they had no Bibles. I said, God, what is this? I knew Bibles were coming into the Black Sea. I asked the pastors, why don't you have any Bibles? They said, oh, Brother Dimitri, the Bibles come in through the communist hands, but then the communists tell the police the next day, and the police come and confiscate them. So we bought them for nothing. The brothers would write down verses out of the Bible and sit outside the door. When you come in, they give you a verse of the Bible, and we were glad. But in America, <laughs> your libraries are full, shelves are full, Bibles everywhere. But I touch them, and there's dust on the Bibles. You don't even read the Bible. The mother of all books is the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God, and the Word of God can help you to be victorious over the devil. When I saw there was no Bibles, I spoke to my family. I went to the commander of the pier and I said, I got married. I have nothing to support my family. So he hired me as a cook for two months. I went with the thought of meeting missionaries so the Bibles wouldn't come into the communist hands anymore. About two months later, I heard the same voice in my ear. Dimitri, run to the pier. Dave is coming. I left the kitchen and ran beside the ship. There was Dave. Peace of God to you, Dave. They spoke together, agreed to bring Bibles in, and I would get them to the churches. With the help of God, over three years, most churches had Bibles. So we brought in a lot of Russian Bibles. He says, I only lived nine miles from the Russian border, and we had a lot of Russian Bibles. I tried to take them over, but I couldn't. I found my dad. He said, what's wrong with you? You sick? Why is your face so pale? I'm not sick. It's just that we have so many Russian Bibles, I don't know where to put them anymore. I want to take him to Russia, but I can't get him through. He said, oh, you want to? Yeah. Did you pray first? No. Did you fast? No. Oh, did you ask God? No. He said, well, that's why I can't take him over. Fast and pray and God will show you how to do it. So that's what we did. We fasted and prayed. Then a man came to me and said, Dimitri, wake up. You want to take Bibles to Russia? <laughs> yes, I do. He gave me an address. Tell me who to talk to. When you get there, tell them you were sent by the one that was here earlier because I will be ahead of you. I jumped up, got dressed, ran to my dad's house, said, Dad, Dad, let me tell you what happened. He said, Go. We'll pray. We got there at 8 o'clock in the morning, knocked on the door. Good morning, sir. He was shaking all over. He was white as a ghost. What do you want with me? I was sent here by the one that was here before. When he heard that, he really started shaking all over. Well, what do you want me to do? I want to take Bibles into Russia. He called me in. He told me what to do, how to load the Bibles. And that's what we did. For 15 years, we took more than 300,000 Bibles into Russia, not including literature and New Testaments. It was not us. It was Jesus. When we got in trouble, the angel of God would come to help us. It was not helping because of our trouble, but for the work of God. Now, I'm going to skip. He says, I got home. My house was surrounded by the police. They were checking inside had all kinds of instruments to see through the wall. They had my wife with her face against the wall, my daughter with her face against the wall. They put me with my face against the wall. They started checking about eight in the morning until four in the evening. They came with all kinds of equipment looking for the Bibles. They said, I had a large quantity of Russian Bibles in my house and I thought they'd found them. But about four o'clock, they came and said, Dimitri, turn around. Where do you have the Bibles? Well, I thought they'd found them. So I said, well, did you find them? They said, no well, if you didn't find them, then that means I don't have any. And they said, where do you have the Bibles? We know you have Bible warehouses. Do you think I have a Bible factory or something? Don't worry, you will tell us. You see, God had broken their equipment, blinded their eyes, because they were walking all over the Bibles. They were stacked everywhere, and they couldn't see them. They took me to the police station, put me in a very dark cell. I couldn't even see the walls. They said, you're going to stay here until you tell us everything. After a little while, I heard a door open. Is anybody in here? Then I heard a rat squeak. I thought, well, what kind of animals do they have in here? Then something crawled at my leg. I touched it. It was a rat about a foot long. I would take one or two off, but then others would jump on. Was, they were jumping on me all over in despair. I hollered out, God, God, don't let me down. When I said this, a powerful light appeared in the room. So powerful, I couldn't look at it. Out of the light, I heard a voice. "Dmitry, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Look at me. When I raised my head to look, the power of the light knocked me down on the ground. Dimitri, I said, look at me. Who are you? I'm the angel Gabriel. I'm the messenger of heaven. I came to help you. Look at me. He said, when I looked, I saw a man dressed in shiny clothes. He had a wide belt around his waist and a helmet on his head. In his hand, he had a sword that was flaming. He said, "Dmitry, don't be afraid. You will go through many tor- tortures, but I will be with you. Look around. I looked around the room, and I saw the whole room was full of dead rats. Then the light disappeared. About that time, somebody knocked on the door and opened it. They said, are you still alive? I said, yes. Are you trying to have me for dinner for the rats or something? Then he turned the light on and saw all the dead rats, and he came and hit me over the head with something, fell down. You killed my children. Now I'm going to kill you. He pulled me out by the feet, took my shoes off, put me in a very tight cell. Cold water was underneath and dripping on my head. You'll stay here until you tell us everything. I could not feel my head anymore. My legs were very swollen. A policeman opened the door, I just fell out, I couldn't even move. Oh what's wrong with your feet? Ah, oh. We know. You're cold. It's okay. We'll heat you up. They tied me around the waist. They hoisted me up to the ceiling. Then began to beat on me all over with rubber hoses. Beat my cold feet. <laughs> Brothers, I don't have time to tell you everything because the torture lasted for five months. They would close the door on my fingers and poked me with needles under my fingernails. All kinds of tortures. They kept saying, Confess. Confess. Tell us where the Bibles are. Who brought the Bibles? How did you take them to Russia? Who helped you take them? In my ear, I kept hearing the same voice. Dimitri, don't tell them. Don't confess. You, you say, why would I endure all this torture? If I had told them, hundreds of other Christian brothers would have been arrested, and their children would have starved to death. Then the work of God had been stopped. I said, I will die, but I will not betray anybody. After five months of torture, and I wouldn't tell them anything, finally they came and said, Dimitri, come here. We want to show you something. They took me into another room and I saw a very unusual chair and they said, Dimitri, do you see this chair? We brought this all the way from Germany just for you. You're going to tell us how you smuggle the Bibles through or you're going to die on that chair. He said, even if I die, I have nothing to tell you. They tied my hands behind the chair. They tied my feet around it. They put something over my feet, tied something over my heart. They stuck a bowl on my head. Stuck two things in my ears and they said, Okay, think about how you smuggle those Bibles because now you're going to die. They plugged it in. I felt a powerful shock all over my body. It felt like pins and needles going through it. I couldn't see anymore. I thought I was gonna die. When I thought I was gonna die, I cried out. Then the same light appeared. Dimitri. Don't be afraid. You won't die. Plead the blood of Jesus. So I started saying, Sendula Luisus, Sendula Lewisus. "'Sendula which is Romanian for the blood of Jesus. "'When I woke up, I was laying on the ground. "'My eyes my mouth were full of blood. "'They were throwing cold water on me and slapping me around. "'Ah, now you told us everything. "'We have the equipment. "'It recorded every thought. "'Listen,' they plugged it in. "'There was my voice. "'Sendula loisus, sendula Louis, "'You see, the blood of Jesus was victorious. They said, why did you say this?' Because you want to kill me, and we still will kill you. The next day, they brought my wife in. They put her in the room next to me so I could hear. They were beating Maria. Do you want us to let Dmitri go? Yes. Dmitri told us everything. He told us where he has the Bibles. He told him how he takes to Russia, everything. And if you confess who brought the Bibles, who them, uh, brought them to Russia, who helped him to take them in, where they were, we'll let you go. But God didn't let Maria down. She said, if Dimitri knows, then he knows. I don't know anything about it. They started beating Maria. I don't know. I don't know. She fell into a coma. They took her into their arms and put her into a car and took her home. Then they came to me. Dimitri, did you hear that Maria was here? Yes, I heard you beating her. They said, she told us everything. So we took her home. And if you tell us, we'll take you home also. Well, if she told you, then she knows, because I don't know anything about it. They said, oh, so you and her have a deal, huh? Then they put me in the electric chair again. They did the same thing. Turned the power up even higher. I thought I was dead again. Then the angel came again. Dimitri, don't be afraid. You won't die. Plead the blood of Jesus. Your enemy is going to die. You will live. You will have to go through one more powerful torture. Then I will take you out of their hands. So I began to say Sindjilalousus. Sindjilalousus, the blood of Jesus. Same thing. I woke up full of blood, slipping around, pouring cold water on me. Ha! Now we have everything again. It was my voice. Sindjilalousus. The blood of Jesus was still victorious. They said, "This time we'll kill you." He picked up the phone. He called six policemen. All I heard was, "Kill him." They jumped on me with their feet they mashed me up so bad that nine of my ribs were cracked. All of my body was like meatballs. I fell into a coma. When I woke up, a doctor was giving me a shot in the right hand. Now I have to say something. When I met Dimitri, he actually let me feel his ribs, and they were like, <laughs> you know, not smooth. I mean, there were bumps and there were holes. And he was, it was, it was all. And he let me feel his arms. And where you're, you're supposed to have muscle, he didn't have muscle. And where you're supposed to be straight, he was broken. He, he was all mashed up. He was all beat up. He was an old man, and he could, he could barely even walk, you know. He said, Dimitri, your God still lets you live. Then another officer just came yelling, hurry up, hurry up. The colonel is dying. The doctor left me and ran. After about a half an hour, the colonel came back with a very humble voice, and he said, Dimitri, can you get dressed? I said, why? You're going home. "'What? Did you finish killing me already?' He said, "'Your God gave you the judgment. "'Colonel Prestoff died, "'and the commander told me to take you home, fast.' "'How did he die?' "'He just had some kind of internal bleeding "'and fell down dead. "'The commander told me to take you home, fast. "'So they put me in the car and took me home. "'I couldn't even stand up. "'I was completely destroyed. "'My wife didn't know what to do. "'They filled the bed with pillows "'and threw me in the bed. Three months!' Three months, I kept calling death to come, but it wouldn't come. God, just kill me. Get rid of all of this pain. Missionaries came from all around the world. They took pictures. The brothers would come and pray around my bed for three months. I thought there was no hope. One night, my family was asleep, and all the brothers had left me. Then I heard the same voice. The same light appeared and said, Dimitri, Dimitri, get up, get up, run out. I jumped out of bed. I ran outside. I felt myself to see if I was still hurt, but whoa, nothing hurt anymore. And I could walk. I thought, wow, what is happening to me? Am I dreaming? Is this true? So I went into my room. There was the same angel of God, Dimitri. Do you still hurt? I said, no. Dimitri, can you walk? Yes. Good. Then start working. You have four more years to carry. This is important. You have four more years to carry Bibles. The police will follow you step by step, but I will be with you. I will blind their eyes and they can't catch you. When they see they can't catch you, they're going to kick you out of your country. You'll be exiled to America July 22nd, 1984 at 10 o'clock. You're going to America to give them a message from God. For four years, I carried Bibles into Russia. I would pull up to the border checkpoint. So many Bibles in my car, there was no room, anyone to set. Had them all across the dash, taking out all of the seats. It was a It was a driving Bible. <laughs> The border guard would say, Dimitri, what do you have in the car? Bibles. Stop making fun of us. Go on, go on, get out of here. They couldn't see them. The day that I was kicked out of Romania, all my family was watching. We'd given away all of our earthly possessions. We were all packed up with our suitcases, sitting in the front living room, waiting. About that time, here came knock on the door. Dimitri, you have to come with us. Why? Why are you all packed up? What are these suitcases? Well, we knew you were coming. Ah, Dmitri, They took him to the airport. Exactly. July 22nd, 1984, 10 o'clock in the morning. That's how we know this is of God. The airline stewardess picked up the plane's microphone and said, Welcome to flight number such and such. Just as the plane was departing from the gate, exactly the time that the angel had told him four years earlier. They took him to Italy, and I'm going to skip part of that, and that's all about how he finally arrived in America. He said, The night I arrived, they put me into an apartment. It was very dirty. Dogs and cats had been there before. The carpet stunk powerfully. We had no bed, no table, no chair, no money, nothing. We were in despair. And I thought, What kind of people are these? They have dogs in the house, but they don't have any children. Finally, my wife started crying. The children fell asleep on the suitcases. I went outside. I was sitting on a rock. It was late at night. And about that time, a light came toward me. The fear of cars came within me because the remaining police were always trying to run me over the cars. So I jumped to run. The light surrounded me. Out of the light, it was the same voice. Dimitri, why are you so despaired? Why did you punish me? What did I do? They're so rotten. Why did you bring me to the United States? I have nowhere to lie in my head. We have no money. We have no food. I can't understand anybody. Dimitri, didn't I tell you that I will be here with you also? I brought you here to this country because this country will burn. Well, then why did you bring me here to burn? Why don't you just let me die in Romania? Dimitri have patience. I will tell you, get beside me. He said, now, I don't know what it was, brothers. He said, it looked like a big pillow on fire. The only thing I remember is the angel controlled it with his left hand. So I got beside the angel, and he took and showed me all of California, cities of California and Las Vegas. You see what I've shown you? This is Sodom and Gomorrah, In one day it will burn. Its sin has reached the Holy One, and he showed me another great city and said, do you know what city this is? No, this is New York City. This is Sodom and Gomorrah, and one day it will burn. showed me Florida. This is Florida. This is Sodom and Gomorrah, and one day it will burn. He didn't let me say another word until he brought me back to the place we left. Now, Dmitri, you can ask me questions. I brought you to this country, Dmitri, because I want to wake up a lot of people. I love this country and the people of this country, and I want to save them, but America will burn. How can I save them? I can't even speak their language. Who knows me? How will they call me? Dimitri, don't worry. I will be ahead of you. I will make great healings among the American people. You'll go to television stations, radio stations, churches, and you'll tell them everything I tell you. Don't hide anything, because if you try to hide anything, I will punish you because America will burn. How will America burn? It's so powerful. The Russian spies have discovered where the most powerful nuclear missiles are stored in America. The fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then, from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two of the countries which I cannot remember will attack. The Russians will bombard the nuclear missiles in America, and America will burn. I said, what will you do with the church? He said, the church has left me. How? Don't you have any people here? Well, people in America honor people. The honor that should be given to God, they give to other people. He said, you see, Americans think high of themselves. They say, I serve God, but they don't. In the church, there's divorces, adultery, fornication, sodomy, abortion, all kinds of sin. Jesus doesn't live in sin. He lives in holiness. So I brought you here so you could cry out loud. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Tell them to stop sinning because God never stops forgiving them. Tell them to repent. He will forgive them. Tell them to start preparing themselves now so he can save them in the day of trouble. He also said, if you call me, God loves you. That's what the angel of God told me. So since I'm kind of stepping into the footsteps of Dimitri, I guess it's saying, if you call me to speak in your church, God loves you. Whatever I love and whoever I love and want to wake up, I will put on their hearts to call you. Don't hide anything or I'll punish you. Stop saying you repent. He will forgive us and we will have salvation. I said, well, How will you save the church if your miracle will burn? Tell them exactly as I tell you. As he saved the three young men from the oven of fire and Daniel from the mouth of the lion, that is how I saved them. But they must stop sinning and repent. I bless this country because of the Jews that are here. I have seven million Jews here. They haven't tasted war or persecution. And God has blessed them more than anyone else. But instead of thanking God, they started sinning and doing wickedly. Their sins have reached the Holy One, and God has decided to punish them with a the fire. Israel doesn't recognize the Messiah because they place their trust on the power of the Jews in America. When well, God will hit America, all the nations will be terrified. God will raise up China, Japan, and many of the nations. They'll go against the Russians and defeat the Russians. They'll push them to the gates of Paris where they may make a peace treaty, but they make the Russians their leader. Then, with all the nations as the Russians as their leader, they all go against Israel. It's not that they want to. God makes them. Israel doesn't have the help of the Jews in America, and in their terror, when they see what is coming, they call upon the Messiah. Jesus will return in the clouds and help Israel. Then the church of God will meet him in the clouds. And by the way, Dimitri did not believe in a pre of rapture, nor do I. And that particular incident is talking about Armageddon. He goes on to say, are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you wearing clothes clean? If there are still spots on the clothes of your soul, then the blood of Christ still has power to cleanse sins. Jesus Christ will live with the church on the Mount of Olives. He himself will fight against all the nations. I said, well, if you are the angel of God, then everything you tell me has to be written in the Bible. It's not then I can't tell the Americans. Tell them to read Jeremiah chapter 51, verses 8 through 15. Write it down. Jeremiah chapter 51, verses 8 through 15. There he calls it the mystery Babylon, the great adulteress, also Revelation chapter 18, the whole chapter. There it says clearly what will happen to America. Why did he call it the mystery Babylon? You tell them. Because all the nations immigrated to America, and America accepted them. America accepted Buddha, the devil church, the sodomite church, the Mormon church, and all kinds of wickedness. America was a Christian nation, but instead of stopping them, they went after their gods. Because of this, he calls it the mystery Babylon. Now, so that you know that I've truly been sent by God, tomorrow at 9 a.m., someone will come and bring you a bed. At 10.30, someone will come and pay your rent. At noon, someone will bring you a car and give you a bucket of honey. Is it, brothers and sisters, it happened exactly as the angel said. Nine o'clock, someone rang my doorbell said, I brought you a bed. I couldn't sneak sleep all night long. God told me you're from Romania. You need a bed. Come help me unload it. At 10.30, someone rang the doorbell, handed me a check for $500, and said, God told me to bring you $500. At noon, someone came and gave me a car. I opened the front seat, sat in the front seat, was a bucket of honey. You might say, why? Why would God do this? We trust in God. We have God on our side. We honor a dollar bill. We We trust in God. Brothers and sisters, how are your lives? We go after foreign gods. The American church has adultery, fornication, sodomy, divorces, abortion, all kinds of sin. But if we repent with all of our hearts and call on Jesus to help us, He will help us to stop sinning. We know that when Jesus comes, we will meet him on the clouds. By the way, this entire testimony and all of his dreams and visions and lots more is in the book available at ProphecyClub.com called God's Warnings to America. In 2017, God helped me to memorize the book of Revelation and gave me 30 revelations, 2 visions, and an audible voice— God showed me the word first fruits is a secret door linking the feasts of Leviticus to the prophecies of Revelation. For the first time, the end-time prophecies of Revelation can be placed in correct chronological order. One prophetic word said, there is a lock. i put over a word in the book of Revelation I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end-time message into obsolete books. That's this book. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. So what if you had to tell a person the most important thing in the world, but you knew they're probably not going to believe you? Well, if you're listening to this, I believe you'd probably still tell them. Well, the most important thing to do is to receive Jesus. But the most important information is to not take the mark of the beast, because those people taking the mark of the beast do not get soul death, but they're tossed into eternal torment and hell without any possibility of escape. We put it into a book, Miss the Mark, Don't Take the Mark of the Beast, a simple book to give to people. If they read, they will never take the mark of the beast. Countless people are believing that they're not going to see any trouble of the tribulation. They're going to go in a rapture, which is a misunderstanding. So God had me write a book called How Pre-Trib One, it explains how the Christian church was so snookered into believing a misunderstanding like this, and it helps them through scriptures to see the truth that there is not going to be a pre-trib, mid-trib, or pre-wrath rapture. No one is going any place to escape any testing. It's called How Pre-Trib One. Then, the book of Daniel, most people agree, is probably the most difficult book in the Bible to understand. So I wrote a book called Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, which gives this last generation the explanation and the parts of Daniel that they need to endure the tribulation. Pure and simple, it takes Daniel and makes it easy to understand. It's called Tribulation Secrets in Daniel. As you know, many of the broadcasts have referred to a list of dreams, visions, and audible voices from people like Demetri Dudman, Michael Boldea, Leslie Johnson, Henry Gruber, and others. We put together a special radio offer. You can get 10 How Preacher of 1, 10 Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, 10 Miss the Mark, 5 Secret Doors to Understand Bible Prophecy, 5 God's Warnings to America, totaling 40 books valued at $800 for a gift of just $100 at prophecyclub.com. That's 40 books valued at $800 for a gift of just $100 at ProphecyClub.com, ProphecyClub.com. In 2017, God helped me to memorize the book of Revelation and gave me 30 revelations, two visions, and an audible voice. God showed me the word first fruits" is a secret door linking the feasts of Leviticus to the prophecies of Revelation. For the first time, the end-time prophecies of Revelation can be placed in correct chronological order. One prophetic word said, there is a lock. I put over a word in the book of Revelation I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end-time message into obsolete books. That's this book. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. So what if you had to tell a person the most important thing in the world, but you knew they're probably not going to believe you? Well, if you're listening to this, I believe you'd probably still tell them. Well, the most important thing to do is to receive Jesus. But the most important information is to not take the mark of the beast, because those people taking the mark of the beast do not get soul death, but they're tossed into eternal torment and hell without any possibility of escape. We put it into a book, Miss the Mark, Don't Take the Mark of the Beast, a simple book to give to people. If they read, they will never take the mark of the beast. Countless people are believing that they're not going to see any trouble of the tribulation. They're going to go in a rapture, which is a misunderstanding. So God had me write a book called How Pre-Trib One. It explains how the Christian church was so snookered into believing a misunderstanding like this, and it helps them through scriptures to see the truth that there is not going to be a pre-trib, mid-trib, or pre rapture. No one is going anyplace to escape any testing. It's called How Pre-Trib One. Then, the book of Daniel, most people agree, is probably the most difficult book in the Bible to understand. So, I wrote a book called Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, which gives this last generation the explanation and the parts of Daniel that they need to endure the tribulation. Pure and simple, it takes Daniel and makes it easy to understand. It's called Tribulation Secrets in Daniel. As you know, many of the broadcasts have referred to a list of dreams, visions, and audible voices from people like Demetri Dudeman, Michael Boldea, Leslie Johnson, Henry Gruber, and others. We put together a special radio offer. You can get 10 How Preacher of One, 10 Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, 10 Miss the Mark, 5 Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, 5 God's Warnings to America, totaling 40 books valued at $800 for a gift of just $100 at prophecyclub.com. That's 40 books valued at $800 for a gift of just $100 at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com cornerstoneassetmetals.com is owned by a prophecy student who reads his King James Bible and supports Prophecy Club. Call cornerstoneassetmetals.com for gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins. They can help you roll over your IRA, 401k, so tell cornerstoneassetmetals.com Prophecy Club sent you.